Hello ladies and gents, you're with Adrianosaurus, and I'm the coach of Rapanorama. That's my team name for this year. I'm a Raiders supporter, so I thought I'd go Raiders themed this year, Rapanorama. This is my first podcast of the year. I'm doing a podcast with two wonderful super coach minds, Kane from the THC Podmasters Cup and the Supercoach Hub, uh, and Nathan from the Supercoach Guns and also admin on the Supercoach Hub. Give them a follow on all the socials. You can look them up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Really good follows if you love Supercoach stuff and the Discord in there on the Supercoach Hub. Everything you could think of for Supercoach and fantasy sports. Um, This is part one of a two-part series where I'm chatting to these guys. I couldn't fit it all into one, but it's not going to be themed on positions or teams or anything like that to start with i've been immersed in bbl super coach so this one is just my general thoughts of everything that i've been seeing there's been some wonderful content that's come out so far dual position podcast with brew and, and and the super coach whisperer they've been putting out heaps of great you know uh posts and and definitely some great podcasts as well super coach experience they're up and running some great stuff in their first podcast the nrl all-stars uh super coach all-stars have, have got some stuff out there the champions have done one bg on game day a man talks uh nrl super coaches put stuff out there even the super coach guns have put out a podcast um sc365 lots of great uh, articles and stuff out there as well so there's lots of content coming out there this is my first uh, potty of the year um, and i'm just covering just the general things i'm answering all the big questions can you start with turbo do you want to start with cleary who do i like in the positions which players are non-negotiable for me what cheapies do we like and i've tapped these guys you know for their answers on it and it's been a really good um, chat i think you'll enjoy it um, part one um, and you know surely um, it will get uh, part two out in the next couple of days following this one as well so hopefully you enjoy the chat and uh, keep it here up for part two all right and i have the great privilege in my first show of the year to have two guests on i've got kando who's a wonderful administrator of what do we call it this year the, the turbo sammies what's it called it's been uh, changed to the thc Podmasters cup Ah, and it's got even bigger this year. So look out for it, guys. Uh, and you're also, you know, one of the admins on the Supercoach Hub Discord as well, which has been a, a really great uh, thing to come in for all range of um, fantasy sports stuff. Yeah, there's plenty on there. It keeps us all busy. Um, Guns is part of the team there as well. And yeah. um, had a, a nice little influx of new members coming in just before the NRL preseason kicked off. So, yeah, it should be a good year in there as well. Oh, good, good. And um, we've got Nathan from the Supercoach Guns. Welcome. I, I, I was just saying off air that I listened to your podcast today. So you're doing um, some preseason stuff as well. And obviously, you know, you're on all the socials as well. So welcome and, and thanks for coming on. Oh, no, my pleasure. Yeah, it's good to finally get one up, uh, the <laughs> podcast up. And uh, now it's just all about just riding the preseason wave, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, every year, well, I mean, this is my first year of going back into another year of podcasting, but you ask yourself the questions at the start of the year, like, man, it's so saturated. Do I go in and do a podcast again this year? But I mean, I like listening to diff- differing opinions and, you know, I've been listening to, you know, the um, the Whisper and Brew and they have some different opinions. And like you said, Kanda, there's some good draft podcasts out there now. And I'm, a, I'm an avid draft player as well. And just 
you know, the way that people look at the, the game of Supercoach differently is always interesting, I think, when you, as a listener. You know, everyone has a different opinion. So I'm going to go around again. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Now, you know, let's go through just my perceptions, you know, of, of, in, of things that interest me, obviously, about this upcoming Supercoach NRL year. I haven't even touched anything this year uh, as far as NRL Supercoach because I've been immersed in the BBL Supercoach. It's been an absolute bludger of a bloody year. I just watching the the Supercoach final with my captain Ben McDermott suck. So I'm I'm right oh. ready to go into NRL Supercoach yeah. now. I feel you. I captained him too. That was a hot. Oh, what a shit show. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a rough old last round, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm just going to fire away questions at you nice and relaxed. You guys can just give me your opinions on, on the questions I ask because these are just things that I've found interesting myself, um, you know, for a first podcast. Um, number one is, you know, the rule changes. Um, what, how do we think it's going to affect, um, what do you think they might be and what do you, how do you think it's going to affect, you know, the way we build our teams? I've seen a lot of things that have been floated about the rules you know, I think obviously coming out of a BBL season, which we've all three of us have played, we know that COVID has played a part and it's really decimated teams and changed rounds and things like that. We probably logically expect that it's going to happen in NRL this year. And we, even after last year before we, you know, COVID stuff we we're talking about this year, um, you know, we thought with six again and head, head concussion and stuff, we, we thought maybe there might be some trades and stuff coming. But what do you guys think? We'll go with you, Kanda. What do you reckon? I think to start off with, we will probably end up with uh, we don't have to save trades this year sort of situation. I'd say that we're probably just going to be given the two trades every week just to be able to cover for a lot of that late change, any mishaps, whatever. And I, I think the other change that will likely come into place is some sort of situation with the bench and whether we have our four reserves picked out and then we have some emergency picks like we do in the BBL where you don't just get your auto emergency or the lowest score. You can actually select someone, whether it's you pick a back and a forward as your emergencies for if someone doesn't play or whatever, or whether you pick an 18th and 19th man and they become your emergency players. So you've got cover for if two people are late withdrawals or something like that. So Hmm. uh, they're the kind of things that I think that might come into play there's likely to be some other changes along the way as well but we'll find out in about a week's time yeah and what about you there nathan um pretty similar i think there'll be more trades this year that's for sure Mm. i um i would also have said that mate actually yeah the emergency idea probably i reckon that could be in place as well i think pretty similar to uh kando that it probably will be emergencies. I don't know how many there'll be. Um, and they'll obviously have to be a different colour to the reserves, which is interesting in itself. But they'll, it'll be, I actually don't really know, to be honest, but I do think that there'll be emergencies. Yeah, well, that's it. Sure. There's got to be something that's going to cover, you know, the, I mean, last year it was trading was it just murder, you know, because you lose, you know, even if you were a pap, pap owner, you know, the amount of times you lost to concussions yeah. and things, well, that was already too much. So it's got to be something, you know, because if you add COVID, six against, you know, head high crackdowns and, and concussion, the way they're respecting concussion, it's going to be something mm. like that. And look, you know, emergency benches, 
you know, it's plausible. I don't think people should get their hopes up for heaps and heaps of changes. I don't think it's going to be as many trades as everyone thinks. It could be just that you get your two per week and that'll last you the whole year, you know, so you don't have to worry about, you got your two every week, you know, and maybe they have some sort of contingency on your benches as well on top of that. But, you know, where it's Australia day, you know, that it's, uh, usually comes out. And so we're not going to have to wait much longer. And so I'm really interested as to what it'll be. Um, price changes from round one. Do you reckon that's going to happen? I, I'm, I'm very pro price changes from round one because obviously I think that rewards people in their pre-season planning, you know, more than everyone else who scrambles, you know, to bring in ones that you might've been smart enough to grab, you know, and start in your starting team. Nathan? Um, yeah, I, I love um, Go now. Oh, I'm pro- I'm quite the opposite. I'd probably rather the, uh, give it a bit of time because there's players like, like there's a lot of players that you know they take a few weeks to warm up, or you don't, or you're unsure and you want to see um, how many minutes they get. There's all these sort of dilemmas. You don't want to be losing money right away if you picked the wrong bench player and um, hasn't panned out, or you or you don't want to. But by the same contrast, I don't want people. You don't want people to feel like uh, they're behind the eight ball just because they don't have uh, the right players straight away. It's I, mm. I'm probably more in the case of I, I'd rather give a few players two weeks that are a bit risky, and I think that's what the rule lends itself to. That's in place. I mean, they do it in. I mean, in, in BBL and. Um, you know, others, they do it right from round one. You know, it's just one of those things, I guess, people, yeah, you live with it if you if you miss one and you just have to move on and, and I, I guess, find other plans. But, yeah, I mean, I guess what it, we've all become accustomed to it, haven't we? You know, and we've had a chance to sort of set up the squads and that might be something that's even more important than ever, you know, this year. So maybe it's not a change that you want, but it's a good point. And you, Kanda? Yeah, I, I still like the idea. I, I think that if you take a risk on an expensive player and they don't play well, that you, you don't get to see them play poorly twice before you get rid of them for free. Uh, if you pick someone that's expensive and they don't go well, you should be missing out on not just the fact that they've scored poorly, but also their price should reflect that as well, I, I feel. If you pick a cheapie that is bottom dollar and you've done your research and found that they're going to get this many minutes and you're going to back them in and they go well, then you get rewarded right from the start. I, I like that idea. Yep. All right. Next one, we're going to go on to um, with the positional changes this year. I had a bit of a quick look over it. Anything that sticks out to you guys as being good slash bad, you know, this year from the positional switches? In terms of the jewels? Um, yeah, jewels no. or people that have lost jewels. I mean, obviously, I think it's great. You know, obviously, you and Aiken, you know, he's probably going to be a very popular pick to start the year. And that made a lot of sense. I was very pro, you know, there's no point having Burton you know, as a center wing because he's not going to play center all year. So I'm in the camp of it doesn't matter what he played last year. He was not, he's not going to play a second in the, in the centers this year. So I was okay with that. I was with you on that one as well. Um, what did he end up getting again? Is he just straight up? Yeah, just part of eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. It, it did miff me a little bit with Xavier Savage being fullback only. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer that no young back, you know, should ever really come in, even if there are, are a fullback, 
as fullback only, you know, because a lot of teams have Charles Nickel Klockstad as a center this year, but I'll, 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 I'll eat my hat if he plays center this, this year. The only chance that Xavier, Xavier Savage is going to play any fullback is if Chance is out, which is what he did last year. He played a couple of games when Chance was out. And Chance, what he does and what he means to Canberra Raiders fans and, well, and, and team, you know, is, is irreplaceable. And, you know, I thought he should be, you know, center wing fullback and he would have been a great cheapie that you could have put in your team. I think they missed a trick there. And I don't think that, you know, I'm not a believer that any young player, you know, when does a, a young bottom price cheapie ever just walk in usually straight to, to fullback? Yeah, yeah. I, I get that idea as well. But if you've got someone like Reese Walsh, he was never going to go and play wing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they're like obvious. Yeah. Up fullback. yeah, if they're obvious, but... You've got someone yeah. who is, you know, considered to be probably top 10, you know, in the game, probably CNK. You know, he's, he's 12, top 10 or 12. He's good, CNK. He's, he's, he's a great fullback. He's not going to play centre wing, you know. And, and so Savage is, he's probably not going to even get a go really in the team, I wouldn't say. But, you know, if he did come in, it'd be wing. He, he's definitely going to play the wing if he comes in. He's not even going to play centre. He's, he's going to go on the wing. So I think if you're making decisions on where do you foresee that Xavier Savage is going to play this year at all, if he plays, it's going to be wing. Yeah, and they should have made that decision. You know, I, I just think it's a safer pick than just going, oh, he's fullback only because in his young, junior games, he was a fullback. You know, I mean, it, what if a fullback, you know, comes in and they're, they're playing in a team that's got Pappenhausen? You know, you're going to make them fullback only? They're never going to play, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter what he played in juniors, but or where he got a couple of games last year while the actual fullback was injured, you know. But that comes down to like the coach because when they talk to the, the teams, the, the coach will say, Oh, they're going to play this position, and that's it. They're, they're only going to play in that position. So the game itself kind of has to just go with what the coach says, even if that player comes in and plays another position eventually because of injuries or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, fair enough. Play. I mean, if 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 Jordan Rapana is centre wing and fullback, <laughs> Xavier Savage should be centre wing and fullback. <laughs> you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, you look, another one that I quite like is um, Josh Schuster. You know, obviously he should have should have dual really. Um, he was five eight yeah. only last year. Played his whole year in second row. He's probably going to start there again this year. And you can pick him in five eight, which I quite like. Um, Nothing else really stuck out to me in the in the um, you know in the namings of positions that w- was of note. Um, um, I do have one just yeah. for later in the season. Um, Adam Dewey at centre wing five eight. Yeah, uh, that's that's particularly juicy, particularly if he um, if he does get that five eight spot back and he can recapture his form from last year. Uh, that's got to be a locked in centre wing trade target mid to late season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, ma- imagine if he was right to go for round one and he had that duality. He'd be in everyone's team, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I think, you know, they've done a good job, even though I was critical there of, a, you know, that, that's a couple of tiny things to pull out of it. I think they've done a good job this year. And, you know, if they, you know, it seems like they've got most of it as you really think, you know, it will be. How are they going to actually play in the team? So it's, it's a pretty good job, I think, by the people at, you know, Supercoach. And the Delhi getting a lot of attention at the moment are guys like McInnes and Hines with their 
at dual positions. Obviously, Hines, you're not going to pick him at fullback. You're going to pick him in the halves. But in terms of, like we were talking about draft before, in terms of draft, that's a fairly handy dual position to have. Yep. Can cover for injuries and that sort of thing. So um, I, I, I don't mind Hines as a draft option. I won't start with him in classic. And I don't get the hype on McInnes at all. I don't, he's a less than one point per minute player and I think getting 60 minutes for 55 points and being a pretty boring option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but not, not too many surprising things in there, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, I think with, with Hines, you know, if he was you know, maybe 150K cheaper, you know, you could pr- take a punt in the halves. But he's he's at that price that you if you're anyone that plans on having someone like Turbo or Cleary, you can't afford the money. Um, and look, yeah. I think one of the things um, this year is probably where you can save money because you, you know I I thought you know maybe they do something like have a capped price like a max capped price because we knew that Turbo would cost this much, but it kind of makes it unplayable in my opinion. We'll, we'll get to that with you guys, but. I think, you know, if you capped it at 1.1, I know that a season like that's probably never going to be replicated. Like there's, you know, the chances of him doing that again and being 1.2 going into next year, just, I don't think, I don't know if it fully matches what they made the, the sell the, the, the cap go up, you know, if you're not going to cap, you know, what, what the cap went up doesn't seem to match what turbo, you know, is, you know, for cost 12% of your cap, you know? Yeah. Maybe you cap it I, at 1.1. I don't, want, I don't want it to cap. Make, it makes it more high risk, high reward. If you're yeah. going to go and destroy Huge half of the team and fit him in, then it's yeah. a big risk, but then it could potentially pay off. So, yeah, I, I don't want it to cap it. I, I want it to be reflective of what he did last year. And if you think he's going to back it up, you'll fork out the cash. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, it's just, you know, if he was 1.1, it would have made it a real curly one for me. I mean, I guess it is a curly one for everyone already that you know at the price yeah. that he's at well that leads to my you know, these are questions that i've in my groups that i've put out to people that they wanted to ask me and and i and i personally want to ask this of you both as well do you really start with turbo this year i think i feel from you kendo and me that's a definite no i've made a team with turbo in it you know i had a look at it and i just you know i've got a shiver up my spine just looking at every other part of my you know my my, my hooker my full front row my second row my center wing. I didn't like the look of it at all, you know, and I know that there's people making a team with turbo in it saying, Oh, it looks great. I can do it. This is the best team you'll ever see because I've got, I've made a team with turbo in it. What do you reckon, Nathan? Oh, hell no. Um, it's 12 and a half percent on one player is ridiculous. Mm. When you've got 24 other spots for that, for how much is it? Probably eight and a half million dollars. Um, that's that's around. I think I remember doing the calculations. It was around three fifty thousand a player, or three twenty thousand a player, rather than your standard four hundred thousand. Um, there's no way you could start with Tom Trebojevic when you've got Tedesco and Ryan Pappenhausen, who combined only cost one hundred and fifty thousand more. Yeah. And I mean, I did say at the top of the show, you know, we've come out of a BBL season that's been heavily affected by COVID. And I feel like this year might be a throwback to the way we used to play Supercoach, where you have to have mm. a bit more depth 
you know, there's people starting. I mean, I'm, I must admit, I'm an aggressive super coacher. And some years I start with three, four, I, I start with plenty enoughs because I just go, you know, premiums and, and cheapies. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a strategy that works really well for you this year, because I think you're going to need a balance. You're going to need very playable bench options uh, and you can't go as enough heavy. Now, that's just my forecast of what I think it'll be. I haven't come out of the BBL's super coach. Um, and when you do have turbo in there, there's no doubt, you know, that your other positions in your team are lacking. And, and I, th I think it's a risky, risky go. But if people do it and he starts making, he gets a couple of 200s and you, they put him to C, they're already, you know, streets ahead of everyone else. And you look like a genius, yeah. but it, it is, it's a high risk play. It's, you're, you're risking your whole rest of your team basically <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next, the next question I got from a viewer was, can you start with turbo and Cleary, which I, you know, it's madness and I don't even need an answer on it. If we can't start with turbo, you can't start with turbo and Cleary. <laughs> yeah. I, I did make a very brief team when it first opened up with turbo and Cleary and I had to put in, I think it was five nuffs <laughs> yeah. to make it at least look playable. Yeah. It's just impossible. Look, I mean, my personal opinion on, you know, Cleary v Turbo of who is a must-have, uh, off-air before you came on, you know, we were talking, Kando and I, about, you know, the, the big three, you know, Teddy, um, Pap, and, and, um, and Turbo last year. I think the only one that we saw completely uninhibited by any sort of, um, you know, interference was Turbo. And he was absolutely a year like we've never seen in the world of six agains and, you know, he had some sort of year. Like, you just go, well, you know, he's, he's streets ahead of everyone. But, you know, we can't forget that Teddy was a one-man team. He had to handle the ball like a half most of every game. And they were, you know, the Roosters were so decimated as if they were playing as slick in attack as we're used to seeing from the Roosters. Um, you know, and Pappenhausen, heavily affected by concussions he came back and played low minutes and was if you remember he was playing really with a lack of confidence and he was in a minute share for a good portion of the year with nico hines so you know do we even see what perhaps is capable of in a fully fit you know in an attacking melbourne storm team and and the same for teddy who's been a prince of super coach ahead of turbo you know for many years you know i know mm. that turbo is probably the best player in the game now but I really cannot see a world where you don't see improvement from Teddy and Paps this year. And, you know, if Turbo does go how he is, I think they at least go, you know, go upward a little closer to him. Yeah. I've only seen one game from Ryan Pappenhausen at, with Melbourne Storm's attack at, at their pure peak. And that was round four against the Broncos where he managed to put on four tries in 15 minutes. That's the only game I've actually seen Ryan Pappenhausen play with the new rules and in a peak Melbourne Storm attack. And James Tedesco, well, he, has, he, he averaged 87 without Luke Keary there last year. Yeah. Um, so I personally think they'll both average in the triple digits. And I think Turbo, between the scoring changes and having to back up from last season, may lose 20 to 30 points off his average and average maybe 110 instead of 140. Um, so I think the gap between Tedesco and Pappenhausen to Tom Trebojevic is minuscule, even though uh, there's a $700,000 difference. Yep. You, you're the yep, same, Kendo? 
Yeah, I agree with all of that. The, the big thing for, for me with the roosters and the Kiri factor is, like you were saying, Addo, the Teddy had to get in the middle and handle the ball a lot. He was in there playing halves a lot of the time. And what Kiri does really well with the roosters is getting them to go shift, shift. So he's the one that will set up a shift play out to the right edge. And once the ball's past him, he's already yelling at everyone around him and getting set for the next shift back to the left side after the play the ball. There's no getting tackled, getting a forward to go and have a hit up towards the post and then getting ready for the next play. They get tackled and then they're already set and ready to roll for the next play, which then gives Tedesco heaps of space around the outside. If you can move the defence left to right, left to right, and Tedesco can just be sweeping outside of what Kiri and Walker are doing, he's going to be carving up edges all season. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah. you know, you get Lindsay Collins, who was, you know, rep standard, you know, front row before he did the ACL. You add someone in like Watson. I think they're great additions to that um, Roosters team. I really expect that we're going to see yeah. some, you know, some big improvement. I thought they did great last year, personally, with, with all the that they faced. Yeah. But Teddy, Teddy must have been affected, and then he was affected 20 to 30 points on what he was capable of. And you know, so that's that's my only point on Turbo V, those other two. I think they got some room to grow up, you know, in points. And I think, you know, Turbo can, you know, in a, you know, there's a world where he does what he did last year, but, you know, that was out of this world. And he, he you know, the likelihood is it's going to be hard to replicate, you know. So, yep, yeah, well, that answers that. Um, if Cleary is fit for round one, is he, I know we don't like to say a must, is he a, a, a somebody that you feel compelled to have in your team? If he's he's, a, he's notoriously a, a good healer, he, I've seen pictures of him and a bit of video. He's looking like fine, you know. If he, apart from the tattoo, which is dog shit. Oh my god, chumps, <laughs> chumps. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, if I, if he's fit, on that one. if he's fit for round one, you know, is he someone you want in your team for round um, one? I'm probably in the consensus of saying no. Purely because you've got Lockie Elias and Toby Sexton, and then you've got um, there's a in my like team lineup at least. There's a lot of I've got on a lot of undervalued players at five eight and half back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm valuing Toby Sexton's uh, cash generation and Lockie Elias's cash generation over potentially early points for Nathan Cleary. But at the same time, if he um, doesn't quite reach uh, the heights that he had last season, particularly if he's getting into the shoulder, getting into his season after that off-season shoulder surgery. There, there is a world where Sexton and Cleary may line up in price or at least get $100,000, $150,000 within. Uh, so I'm more in the camp of going with Toby Sexton or Lockie Elias halfback. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not down for the Sexton thing. I I think Sexton is not going to replicate what he did against the bottom six teams at the end of last year for the first half of this year. I I just think he had a, a he had a good run at at the end there. Yep, and that's great. But um, I, I only four see games. Him. It's a four game sample size, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't see a, a rookie player coming into a Titans team with a rookie spine going in and, and dominating and even getting close to where Cleary's price is. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll give you my two cents. And I think it's a small sample size, but look, we feel pretty confident that he's going to kick goals. 
you know, and he yeah. does have, from what we saw in those four games, even against the bottom teams, I think he's got, you know, credentials. He, he looks like he, he can rack up some super coach points, you know, whether he can do that consistently, like Cleary enough to grow or whatever, you know, my thought is, you know, I find it impossible to make a team that I like with turbo in it, but I think I could make a team with Nathan Cleary in it. And if you're not going to captain turbo, you know, I think the next player that you would probably want to captain, you know, I know they've probably got a hard couple of games to start. I think the, the Panthers, but you know, you get Cleary. That's a position that you don't have to upgrade in. You know, and if you're going rookie in other positions in your halves, you just got one bankable player. A lot of people play that sort of strategy with their team builds, one gun in each position. Um, and, you know, yeah. you, you pick Cleary. He's It's easier to make a good team, you know, when you've got Cleary in it. But, yeah, there's, there are some, you know, some doubts. How does he come back from the shoulder? Is he going to be right for round one? I, I've made my first build that I'm going to reveal to you guys tonight with Cleary in it because I find that if he's not tracking, you know, well, you know, or if he gets hurt in the in trials or whatever, you know, I can move him down to anybody I want and then upgrade big time in my team. So if I like to get used to my team with him in there and I like the look of my team, you know, I can make an assessment, you know, in the lead up to round one. But, you know, if you're looking through players, you know, it will go through positions. Number one is going to be hooker. The best hooker of the year is, is going to be Harry Grant. I have no doubt about it. You know, you both agree? Yeah, yep, definitely. And I think in the front row, nobody's going to, you know, top Hass. I think he'll be the top scorer, but there'll be some that'll be okay. close. I think Hass will be, you know, the top scoring front row, most likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yep. think Kane, Kane does right. I think Tavita Pangai, he's upside in the second row. Yeah. I think that'll pip um, Payne Haas this year. Yeah, good, good. No, that, that's that's a good point. Um, in the second row, it's probably going to be for feeder again. Um, we do know now that he was playing quite injured last year. I've seen some footage of him too. He's looking fit, you know, in 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 preseason. And just because, I mean, last year the the stats that he produced being injured and with a bit of sort of wobbly treatment, you know, bench and minutes and all of that sort of stuff, he still had some sort of year. You know, he just the attack and the way that he can skittle half a team and score tries, you know, do you think that in the second row forward, I, I mean, you're going to have your tier. I just see that there's a tier below, which is Angus. You know, he's probably someone I, I love Angus as a player just quietly. And, um, yeah. you know, it, there's a, there's a definite drop down, I think from Fafita. Yeah, there is a drop down from Fafita. And the, the other thing to think with Fafita is if, you believe that he will go back to playing 80 minutes, then he's probably under. Yeah. Because he played off the bench for the back half of the season, playing 50 minutes in some games. So his average minutes per game last year would have been pretty down. If you think he's going to play 80, then and that he's going to continue scoring, which it doesn't look like there's anyone that can stop him. <laughs> um then, yeah, he's probably even underpriced, so not a, even a bad way to start. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is, you know, if you're planning on putting some of these premium players in your team, you're going to have to save money somewhere, you know, and you're going to go some mids probably in, you know, places. You know, I think that front row is definitely an area you can save money in, in the today's game in Supercoach. And if, if it allows, you've got enough players, you know, that are middies that you can, are serviceable, you can put them in second row. They've got, a, they've got less 
gap to jump. You know, if you go two hundred thousand dollar ones, you know, it's a it's a bigger jump to try to get them up to, you know, a good player rather than these four hundreds or whatever ones. You know, you, you can plug in slightly cheaper in there. So, you know, if you're if you're somebody who's not putting um, Cleary or you're not putting Turbo in your team, you could quite easily start with Hass and you could start with you know Fafita if you wanted. And I think that that's, yeah. those are great picks to pick because I can't see them not being the top in those spots. There is probably value in people like, um, you know, uh, TPJ. And there's probably value in people like um, Maddo. You know, he's going to probably, you know, this yeah. year I'm tipping that he's going to play better minutes. And, you know, you've had signings for Parramatta to other clubs. You know, he was, you know, injured with the, you know, last year as well. And he's on a contract year, you know. So we know we see the best from Maddo, you know. The gun show. You were just talking up um, Angus Crichton as being someone that you love watching. Yeah. Well, last season he was playing outside Gluehan Hutchison. Yeah. He just never yeah. passed him the ball. And now he's going to have Luke Curie back inside him, who attacks the line with speed and loves a little pop off the shoulder. Yeah. So I, I see Angus is quite underpriced as well. Yeah, and I mean, look, I in the first build I did when the team picker came open, it was Angus that I picked. I didn't, I wasn't willing to spend for feeder money to start with for the balance of my team, but Angus was one I had. I've I've gone down since then as well. But another one I like is um, Cameron Murray. You know, he had a bit of an injury plagued year last year as well, but I, I think he's the kind of player that grows a, an extra leg or grabs a goes a, a foot taller. You know, being made captain, I see big things from Murray this year. Um, just because he's that type of player. You know, I think Souths lose somebody, you know, inspirational in Reynolds. And I think that you're going to see, you know, he, he's just going to go to another level of just what he does in a game, I think, because he's going to step up. Yep, like it. Yep. Um, yep. In, in, this, in the seven, it's going to be Cleary. Um, in the six, you know, it could be open this year. I mean, you've got your big two in Munster and Cody Walker. I'm tipping a big year for Munster. And I think he'll probably be the top scorer in there. But it could go I think anyway. Cody's going to maintain that top spot still. I think every year we all expect Munster to go and do that big thing. But he, I, I think he is what he is. Yeah. I think he is the player that he is. I don't see him coming out and being a 20-point better player this year compared to previous years. I, I think he, he does what he does already. And you know that you're going to get a 70-odd average player who's, who's solid all year, has a good base. But then um, I think Cody's still the better player in Supercoach, not necessarily as a buy to start with because of price. But I, I think Cody will finish on the top still. Even with Adam Reynolds gone, I don't think that hurts them too much. Um, Reynolds wasn't someone that was creating a lot of space for Cody and Latrell, he he would kind of just speed them. And do you, if do you worry? Feed them, yeah. Do you worry that fine. maybe because there's no Reynolds there, one that he um, does a little bit more organising naturally with rookie halves, or and also you know it can't be undersold what they lose in kicking. You know, there's a lot of attack that South's got off the boot of of Adam Reynolds because he's such a fabulous kicker. I think Adam Reynolds kicking game a little bit spoken about a little bit more highly than it actually should. Um, his long kicking game is great. I'm not going to take anything away from that. He finds space a lot. He gets it deep in the corners, makes teams work 
from out of their own end. His short kicking game was not great. Cody Walker's was better. Yeah. Cody Walker had more force dropouts last year than Adam Reynolds did. So look, in terms of the attacking side of things, it won't change too much, but in that they might lose a little bit on field position based on the long kicking game. So there, there will be that, but um, I, I think South is still going to be a strong attacking side, even with Ilias or Taff or whoever's in the halves. People are also talking about Bennett and whether losing Bennett's going to be an issue for and the new coach coming in. The big thing is, Dimitri's been the coach for the last couple of years. Yeah. Bennett's not the, he's he's not the coach. Man, he's a man manager, yeah. So, I mean, he makes sure that everyone's in the right headspace, yes. But in terms of tactics and attacking plans and all that sort of stuff, Dimitri is already doing that. So, I, I don't see big changes in that regard either. Yeah. And look, you know, in 5 8, I think, you know, yeah, we might get a cheapie, but, you know, there's not a heap, you know, there's not a heap in there, really. It's an area that you could probably take a punt this year, you know, realistically. Yeah. Um, look, well, there's quite a few dual position guys in there. Like Ilias is dual half five eight from memory yeah. as well. So, and like Jackson Hastings. So you could even go two cheap guys there with Cleary as your starting halfback and plug a hole with the other spot or whatever. Yep. So yeah, there's there's plenty of options still. Yep. Uh, in your centre wing, you know, I think it's going to be the, the usual suspects. I don't see, I don't know that Garrick's, you know, value to start the year, but he's going to be on the back of what Turbo provides and, and it's a fruitful, you know, place to be. So I think he's going to be up there this year and obviously Toto. Pick one. Who's, the, who's going to be top? I think it's going to be Toto. Yeah, I think it's going to be Toto this year. See, the thing that Toto makes his own points. He doesn't rely on someone else and, you know, if, if you go in, in the year, you get Turbo gets an injury or, you know, obviously Turbo is going to play um, Origin, you know, I think, and so is Toto, but, you know, I think that Garrick suffers, obviously, when Turbo's out of the team or if, um, you know, if Manly's not going well, you know, so I don't know. I think he he might not keep up with Toto this year. Well, I think they yeah. are hard to split. Yeah. You go, Nate. Oh, no. Um, well, I was going to say, that if you were looking for a real, real big smoky, for, not for top centering, but like top 10 or top uh, 15, then I wouldn't, with the way that the Roosters' attack was uh, at the very start of last year, if it goes to the level that we all expected to this year, then whoever's on that right wing for the Roosters could uh, easily reach a 60, 65, even a 70 average with all the attacking stats going down there. Like you put Brett Morris and Nick Cavallo on that right wing last year, they averaged above 80 as a super coach pairing. Now, Brett Morris, well, he was built different, wasn't he? But even Nick Cavallo, who I would have, wouldn't say is an NRL quality winger, what did he average? 65 last year? 62.3. Mm. If you put yep. someone with raw talent like Joseph Swali on that right wing and he has a big breakout year, I could easily see him in the top 10 centre wings. Yeah. Good I think the other side of the field is just as good with the, the Tupo-Kiri combination. Um, mm. I Tupo would probably be a bit underpriced on that left edge for this year as well because we've Absolutely. obviously had that, um, that Kiri being gone and he's the one that feeds him all the time. So, yeah, I think Tupo's going to be priced nicely. Yeah, good shouts. Uh, obviously, fullback, we've discussed them. You know, it's probably going to be 
turbo, but I think it's going to be a closer race, you know, than it was last year. Just, you know, my opinion. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, into the next one. Um, can you start with two of the suspended, you know, uh, brigade out of cheese Munster grant? You know, if you, I think to me, I don't want any other hooker other than Grant. So I'm going to start with Grant yeah. and I'll just play my bench yeah. hooker for one week. That's not, un, that's yeah. a non-negotiable for me. Uh, I don't know if you could yeah. have that replicate that twice or three times. You certainly couldn't do it three, but I wouldn't recommend people necessarily going, you know, Grant and Munster and, and having that on the bench for one week. What, what do you feel? Um, well, it definitely Grant on the bench at hooker. Uh, with the with Chris Randall coming out of nowhere and now being a starting sixty minute hooker mm. at two hundred and fifty thousand, that move makes that move is simple. I think it'll be one of the most popular moves super coaches do, having yep. Randall and Grant as your two hookers. It yep. makes all the sense in the world, and you reserve Grant and Randall, or you reserve Randall next the week round two, play yep. him every week. Look. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, uh, Cheese will start at hooker and Grant will come off the bench. And look, Grant no. last year got great figures, you know, even coming off the bench. He's an absolute weapon, super yeah. coach-wise. But look, I, I yeah. think, you know, with the Finucane going out of that team and, you know, Nelson and Kame, well, how do I know say his name? Kamekameka. Yeah, you know, I, I think Dewey. Cheese is going to play bulk, you know, lock minutes. And let's not forget, you know, the, that he signed elsewhere. You know, and he, he yeah. did slag off the team. And I know that the Melbourne Storm are too professional to let that get in the way of a premiership. They're going to use Cheese next year to try to win a premiership. But I think Cheese is probably a better 13 than he is a nine. And I think that Harry Grant Way is better. definitely going to start. I, I see him starting, you know, and I see him getting, you know, good minutes this year, better than he got last year. Yeah, agreed with you. Yep. <laughs> um, is it um, is it a year where you can go guns and cheapies this year? I know that's been a tried and true, um, you know, way to play super coach. Is it a, is it a year for that, or do you think that it's a year where you know you've got to try to cover your benches a little better, you know, with a little bit more strength, particularly in the climate that we're in? Um, I think it's always that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you off. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's always a year for that. It's just a matter of what cheapies we get. And I don't think it's a year where you can have three enough, like you were saying earlier. You've got to really make sure that you have that balance in your side, that you've got a couple of reserves that you're happy to play because we're going to have laid outs. We're going to have teams that are getting mucked around. You've got to be able to have that little bit of flexibility there. So I, I don't see being able to have three nuts in there and being able to cover those sort of problems. Yeah. Uh, I think it all, all comes down to we figure out when you're picking your team, you pick your cheapies first. You fill, your, fill up your cheapie spot first and then you can figure out what cap you've got to fill in the rest of your team and you fill it in as best you can yep. with as gun, gun players as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think when you make your team, you know, some people go and they've got these play. They, they talk themselves into, I think this player is going to get a run. 
you know, and for me, when I'm picking my cheapies, I pick players that I, I'm like, well, they're basically a walk-up start. You know, there's no, like, you may not like Oliver Gildart, and I don't think the West Tigers are going to be anything this year, but there's no doubt he's an England international. He's 100% in that team, in, in, the, in, in the centres, you know. He's not going to not play for them round one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and he's Look, not. I don't think he's an attractive cheapie. But you know, my point is, is that you know, if if you're picking a one that you you could bank on the fact that they're going to play around one, he's he's got to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, I have been thinking about some other cheapies that could come through in the next uh, few weeks, and a guy Brendan Piacura from the Broncos keeps coming up in my mind. Yep. He's suspended round one and he probably looks destined for a bench spot. Yep. Except he's a bench second rower. But the way that Brisbane have been hyping him up, he, he's got to get a starting gig at some stage this year. I mean, they've got Kirk Capel there. He's locked in for one edge. But you've got um, Jordan Ricky, who's been fa- who's far from locked in. You've got TC Rabati, who wasn't overly impressive. And um, there's not many other second rollers that have signed to the club. So it's like uh, Pia Kura could be something, but he might be too risky to start in the side. But there is yeah. something there this year with him. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go one that cheap, you know, you you, do, you look ahead and say, do you think they're going to get some game time? And, you know, I think you can safely say he will, you know, at that yeah, price. Yeah. It's it's not really a risk because you you do know he's going to play, you, you'd think. Um, all right. Uh, so where are the positions this year that you reckon you can save money in? You know, there's obviously, uh, I'm totally against going cheap in fullback. You know, I don't like it. I think, you know, positions like front row offer a chance for you to save some money this year. And, you know, in the past, we, you'd always want to go stack your second row, but I think you can save some money in there as well. Personally, that's my p- opinion. Obviously, you save money in the center wing too if you want, you know, because there's yeah, if, it's, if there's the cheapies there to do it. Yeah, well, well, I think there is the sorry, you go. I was just going to say that there's always cheapies in the center wing, there's always players that are kind of played a couple of games here or there that are all of a sudden going to get some more time. Then you're going to have a couple of your edge and middle forwards that kind of pop up and haven't played much but are going to get a better role or guys like um, people like King from the Storm who were not really playing at all and then all of a sudden Storm lose three middles and it looks like he's probably going to get a few minutes so you know you save money with guys like that so yeah it's just a matter of kind of figuring out who's going to get the start but yeah, front row is a good place to save money and center wing is usually a pretty good spot. But yep. um, there's a couple that are pretty tempting in the center wing still that are a bit pricier. Yeah, yeah. definitely. definitely. Your, uh, your Stags and your Ewan Aikens, they're particularly tempting. It's hard to not start with both of them. Um, oh, I've okay. currently got them both in and five cheap center wings as well on top of that. I don't think that'll change for the season. Yeah, in, in my original team that I made when the team picker came out, I had Stags, you know, and, and Aiken. I changed that today. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, a lot of people will say who build their team and go, I'll go one, you know, expensive and the rest cheapies. You know, obviously that's, I think in center wing, you can, I like to have two sort of base 
scoring ones and two ceiling ones. You know, that's perfect. So there's every likelihood that I do go back to it. And I think that there's, they're definitely unders. And, you know, you, you've heard mail that Aiken's going to start in the second row. You know, I think is just, you know, delicious. Well, there we have it. That's part one of my wonderful chat with Kane from the THC Podmasters Cup. Look it up on Facebook. It's a great uh, comp with all your favorite podcasters going head to head in uh, leagues. And Nathan from the Supercoach Guns, give him a follow. He's on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. He's also, you know, uh, admin with Kane on the Supercoach Hub. So very knowledgeable guys. Give him a follow. Join the Discord on Supercoach Hub uh, and listen out in the next coming days for part two of this lovely chat where we cover a wide array of subjects uh, about Supercoach NRL. We go through my team as it stands now as well, which could be a good listen. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will talk to you again real soon. Supercoach Pod 1 is out. I've talked to Kane and I've talked to Nathan. You were great guests. Lots of knowledge on Supercoach. We'll talk again real soon, my friends. Thanks for listening. Part 2 dropping soon. We're up and running, and our Super Coach is about to start. <laughs> Thanks, guys.